Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. And be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Peter by looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through chapter 2, verse 3. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you listened to the last episode, you'll remember that we talked about uh, the letter of First Peter is a letter where Peter writes to the elect to multiply grace and peace to them. And these were people who were born again to a living hope. With this new birth, they had become heirs of an inheritance that was being saved for them. They were hopeful because they knew the way things really were. They knew they were only exiles. So Peter is building on uh, those first 12 verses of this letter and adds to it this idea that if we have a hope of returning home, we have a hope of being where God is for eternity— that should affect how we think and what we stand for. And so he begins this section by telling his readers they need to be prepared for action. And there are several things in here that he says are part of that preparation and that action. The very first is that they should be sober-minded. Very often when we use the term sober, we're talking about people who have not affected their awareness with chemicals or uh, substances of some kind. But that word sober is not relegated to just 
not being on drugs or not being drunk. It has to do with anything that keeps us from being alert, aware, and clear thinking. Sometimes it's just the mood of the society we're in, or maybe just the mood we're in that day. We don't always have a total focus, a clear thinking mind when it comes to what God would have us do. Paul writes about this as well in his letter to the Romans. In Romans 12, verse 2, Paul wrote, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Peter lets his readers know that because they have an inheritance that gives them hope, there's a certain way they ought to go about life. That life should be led, fully alert, totally aware, clear thinking about where they're headed and what needs to be done to be ready for that. What is their purpose for being here? They don't belong here. They're headed home. To be able to stand against the different persecutions that these people were enduring, they needed to have a clear thinking, not to let their circumstances cloud their judgment and cause them to make bad decisions. So he calls them to be sober-minded. He also tells them that they need to avoid their former passions. We talked in the last episode about how we have a choice to make. We can be a spiritual being led by God's spirit, or we can give in to the instincts that we have. We can give in to the physical desires that we have. And Peter says here that formerly his readers had passions that were self-destructive. And so they need to avoid those passions. Think clearly and be led by the spirit rather than your physical desire. He also mentions here that in preparation for action, they should conduct themselves in a holy way with fear. He actually quotes Leviticus 11.44 here, where he says, we should be holy because God is holy. There are aspects of the character of God that we should imitate because they're the aspects that he has given to humanity to help us make the most of our lives. We actually devalue ourselves and our life and our existence here when we don't live up to the standard that he's given us. We get a little preoccupied sometimes about maybe the difficulty of seeing that happen in our lives, Uh, the internal struggle we have between our own basic instincts and God's desires for us. And we often convince ourselves that it's just too difficult to be obedient to God. And we'll even make excuses and even imagine that God overlooks our disobedience. But maybe even that belies our lack of sober-mindedness when it comes to what obedience is and why we're called to it. Obedience is not something that God does to see how well we'll perform. We are not animals in a circus show and being asked to jump through hoops. And if we do it well enough and we please God with our performance, he'll reward us with a treat. Peter lets us know here that obedience has a very real purpose of purifying us. We are purified as we are obedient. The more and more we interact with God and his word, the more we come to understand what it is that he wants from us, how that works, and how it benefits not only us, but all of humanity as we prepare for an eternity with God. 
he mentions a few things here that uh, this purification accomplishes. Well, obedience purifies us so that we can have a sincere love and a pure heart. As we become increasingly unburdened by the cares and expectations of the world, and we learn the lessons that God is teaching us through his commands, we develop a stronger and stronger ability to extend a sincere love to others, to have a pure heart that empathizes with others, that is submissive to the will of God. Obedience has that effect on us as we're being transformed. But this purification is only possible because of the incorruptible seed from which we were born. Fruit trees bear fruit after their kind. An apple tree bears apples. A orange tree bears oranges. When we are born of the tree that is planted from this incorruptible seed, this seed planted by Jesus himself, the fruit that is born of that will be pure and holy because it comes from God. This ability to be purified and learn to love sincerely and to have a pure heart and to be the fruit that actually comes from the Spirit of God is one more reason the word that had been preached to these people was good news. And Peter wanted them to know that because the news was so good, we have a responsibility. He told his readers that because of this good news, they should put away all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all slander. Those are things that should not be in the life of someone who is growing up on a tree that produces incorruptible fruit. All of the things he mentions here have to do with the way we interact with one another, and they are not loving attributes. Remember, his call is to a sincere love, and a sincere love doesn't try to deceive someone. I care too much about you to mislead you. A sincere love and a pure heart does away with hypocrisy. I'm not going to tell you to be one thing, and I'm not going to try to present myself as that thing when I'm something completely different. I'm not going to just act like a Christian. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to be a disciple of Christ and walk in his steps and be the kind of person he was because I love you. I also won't envy. If I deeply care about someone, I'm not going to be jealous of them. I'm going to celebrate their successes. I'm going to want what's best for them, even if I'm not getting to experience the same thing. And sincere love and a pure heart will eliminate slander because if I care about you and I have no ulterior motives, I'm not trying to tear you down. I'm trying to build you up. So you can see here that as this fruit grows in us, as a result of allowing ourselves to be obedient to the will of God, we see these bad characteristics of people being eliminated from the lives of those who genuinely follow Christ. So Peter tells his readers, they need to prepare for action. This happens by being sober-minded, avoiding former passions, and conducting themselves in holiness with a fear for God. Peter says this is one of the things that needs to be done as we hang on to the hope of returning home. 
But he also says, right after being sober-minded, he says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not only be sober-minded, but also set your hope. Or another translation says, fix your hope, anchor it, hold on to it. We've talked in the previous episode about this hope and what it means. Peter here is saying, lock that down. Make sure that it's secured tightly. And he gives a couple of reasons why that's so important. One is because we've been ransomed. Someone else paid the price so that we could have that hope. If someone has given us such a great gift, we should hold on to it at all cost. We're told that in verse 19 that that ransom was paid by the blood of Christ. We're also told, verse 20, this was part of the original plan. Jesus had been foreknown by God. This need for a Messiah was something that God knew all along that his people were going to need and tap into. And so God had a plan. That's good news for us. And because it is such an intricate plan that was set from the foundation of the world, since it's such a big deal, we need to fix our hope. We need to tie it down, hold on to it for all that it's worth. Because this original plan and this blood of Christ are the source of the faith and the hope that we've been talking about. We're not intended to stay here. We are exiles here. We are refugees. We're headed home. Peter says, because you're headed home, make sure that you're prepared for action. Whatever action is needed, be clear-headed. Conduct yourself in a holy way and avoid the former passions, but also hold on to your hope. It's what will get you home. Peter lets us know that enduring this journey is much easier when we do these things. And doing those things is much easier when we've tasted to see that the Lord is good. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.